Hello, Marvelites. You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 561. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Sink. Agent of... Why is it so hot? (laughs) (laughs) Today is not the worst day, the day that we're recording, but the last couple days, horror shows. We're having a heat wave. Last night I looked at Elizabeth, my wife, and I was like, you know what I hate? Summer. And I just walked out of the room. And she's like, <laughs> I, I can't do anything about it. We're in the middle of July, the end of July. But the uh, silver lining is that Halloween is less than 100 days away. It's the countdown to Halloween. All roads lead back to pumpkin spice season. You know, it, it, there are good things, of course, on the way. We've got D23 Expo coming in a little over a month. We've got around about a month after that, New York Comic Con will be right there on our doorstep. New York Comic Con is the heart of spoopy season. Yeah. To me, that feels like the official kickoff of Halloween because it starts like the first weekend of October generally, Mm. and it's everybody dressed up in costumes. And to me, there's nothing more Halloween than that. Amen. So this is now a Halloween podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I'm a bone man. Click, clack, click, clack. Welcome to my spoopy podcast. Uh, Boney McSink over there. Uh, <laughs> this is the official Marvel podcast where we talk about what's happening this week in Marvel from games, comics, movies, TV, or whatever we are excited about. And this week, we've got a lot to talk about, a lot that we're excited about. And we want to remind everybody that we put out a special San Diego Comic-Con bonus covering all of the Hall H news, a lot of the comics announcements. We talked about the end of Phase 4 with Marvel Studios' Black Panther. We break down the huge Phase 5 slate, the tease for Phase 6, including Marvel Studios Avengers, The Kang Dynasty, and Marvel Studios Avengers Secret Wars. Oh my god, if you missed us talking about that, go listen to that bonus right now. Not to mention, they revealed that the next big arc of Phase 4 through 6 is going to be called, what? The Multiverse Saga. So excited for it. We go into that a lot more as well on the bonus. Plus, we talk a lot more about what folks shared on the stage, maybe a little glimpse behind the curtain. I don't know. Go listen. Yeah, give it a little listen. Very good. And there's tons and tons of Comic-Con interviews and articles over at marvel.com slash SDCC. We've got folks from Marvel Studios, Marvel Comics, Marvel Toys all over the place. Lots Mm -hmm. of really cool stuff on the Comic-Con page. On top of all the Comic-Con of it all, we've got great guests later on in the show. You're going to hear from Bruce Campbell, who played Pizza Papa in Marvel Studios, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We're going to get into that. But once more, let's dive into some of those Comic-Con things. Marvel Studios Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I hope that everyone has gone to watch the first teaser because it is, man, not a dry eye in the house, just incredible. But if you got to see some clips of the panel, you might have heard some really amazing music played by some musicians. And now you can listen to the Wakanda Forever Prologue EP. It's now available wherever you listen to music on your preferred music service, or you can experience the songs in stunning visualizations on YouTube. So go check that out. It's all over the Marvel social media. And the EP includes a cover of Bob Marley and the Wailers' No Woman, No Cry, which did decimate my heart during the panel. (laughs) It's performed by Nigerian artist Thames. The project is produced by Oscar, Grammy, and Emmy Award-winning composer Ludwig Göransson. And uh, it also features a body, a coffin performed by Ghanaian artist Amari and Soy by Mexican rapper Santa Fe Clan. So go check it out. The film's writer-director Ryan Coogler had this to share, which I thought was really insightful. The prologue is an oral first glimpse of Wakanda forever. The sound world for the film began with extended trips to Mexico and Nigeria. We spent our days working with traditional musicians who educated us about the cultural, social, and historical context of their music. We built a catalog of instrumental and vocal recordings with them that explored both traditional and non-traditional uses of their music material. During the nights on these trips, we had recording sessions with contemporary artists who were akin to the characters and thematic material explored in the film. Using the script as As a blueprint, along with the recordings from the traditional musicians, we began to build a musical vocabulary 
for the characters, storylines, and cultures. The instrumental score and soundtrack for Wakanda Forever both organically grew from these sessions and workshops. They are conceived together as a singular entity to create an immersive and enveloping sound world for the film. I just think that's so amazing and just phenomenal. Definitely go check it out wherever you get your music or go see those stunning visuals over on YouTube. I love all of that. Go check it out. Now, something else you can check out this week is, of course, Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It is now out on Blu-ray, on Digital HD, on pretty much any way you want to watch it, you can watch it. It is very cool. Get it, get all the uh, the bonus features, mm-hmm. the extras, all that good stuff. Go to your local retailer of choice to pick up Marvel Studios, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness. And as I mentioned earlier, later on in the show, we're going to talk to actor Bruce Campbell about appearing as Pizza Papa in the show. He was also at Comic-Con this past weekend signing at the booth. And you could watch a video of him in our Comic-Con lounge talking with our crew a little bit about all things Pizza Papa, Bruce Campbell, being wonderful, being an icon, being Bruce Campbell. It was really fun getting to talk to him. Ryan and I had a blast because we have loved Bruce Campbell growing up, Evil Dead movies, just like amazing things that he's done. So it was just really fun to talk to him. But the Comic-Con keeps on rolling because all the toys and collectibles revealed at Comic-Con are incredible. There are many, 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 many. I highly recommend you go to marvel.com so that you can actually see them with your eyeballs. Up for pre-order on Hasbro Pulse and some other retailers, there are just a bucket load of Marvel Legends. 100%. Exclusive to Hasbro Pulse is the Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends 3-pack, which includes like cartoony, like the way they're posed even is so cute. Spider-Man, Iceman, and Firestar. And it comes with a Ms. Lion. Which is chef's kiss. Tremendous. There's another Hasbro Pulse exclusive, which is Marvel Legends Herald of Galactus 2-pack featuring the Fallen One and a great Terax figure. Those are super important for something we'll talk about in a second. Then they also revealed and put up for pre-order Marvel Legends Beast and Scorpion figures. And these are 90s style on retro cards so like the scorpion's got that like spidey animated look beast has the x-men animated series kind of vibe to him or the 90s toy biz and he's got the white lab coat so good there was a marvel legend series tesseract revealed and it comes with a loki figure and it's electronic tesseract i want this very, very badly. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a super cool one. Uh, there's a whole line of Marvel Legends figures inspired by Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and some comics. There's a comic version of Black Panther. There's Akoye, Hatutzeraze, Nakia, Namor, Everett Ross, and the Build-A-Figure for the line is Atuma. That mm-hmm. Namor figure looking real good. I need all the Namor in my life. It's very exciting. And they also revealed that there's a Monopoly game inspired by Marvel Studios' Black Panther, Wakanda Forever that you can pre-order now. And that wasn't even all of it. There was even more revealed. They're not available yet for pre-order, but they will be in future coming days. Marvel Legends She-Hulk, attorney at law, Shulky. I mean, mm-hmm. very excited for her, of course, inspired by the Disney Plus series. Howard the Duck with Ant-Man talking head from Marvel Studios What If, which absolutely love. So good. There's a classic Loki figure as well as a Kang inspired by Marvel Studios Loki on Disney+. Plus. There's a Sentry figure, which is going to be available to Walgreens exclusively. And then the Human Fly and Razorback figures. Jasmine Estrada, co-host of Marvel's Plus, and I were like, what is even happening? Texting each other about those two. Like, I can't believe we're getting Human Fly and Razorback figures. What a world we live in. God bless us, everyone. Truly. And Symbiote 5 figures, including... Agony and Riot. And that's not it. <laughs> no, there was even more. They teased at the um, Marvel Legends panel, they teased the next Marvel HasLab. It's just a tease, but it had flames in the graphics and the 50 years of Ghost Rider logo. Mm-hmm. Get excited, get hype. More information to come. And speaking of HasLab, not really Comic Con related, but the HasLab Galactus, if you are one of the backers, such as I am, he's on his way soon. They've been putting out little details about it that. Galactus is coming. They released an unboxing video 
for those of us who are getting a Galactus, we'll soon get our hands on Big G. So it was perfect. He's got uh, a whole bunch of figures with him as well. But if you want to get that two-pack with Terax and the Fallen One, they will work perfectly as the Heralds of Galactus with your new big, massive big boy Galactus. And then also, also, I just wanted to shout out the Mojo World box set that is a Hasbro Pulse exclusive. It's so friggin' good. It's got Dazzler and Longshot and a little X-Babies type, you know, mini oh. Wolverine and a giant amazing mojo figure it's still up on pre-order for hasbro pulse so go check that out it is a ding dang delight of a set i couldn't resist telling everybody about that one man i can spend money um also i have this like weird theory about galactus because i was looking Mm. at some comics from like the 70s yeah and do you think like galactus is really drawn like he's a beefy guy who's like five seven and i just want to know if he's five seven of galactuses five seven of galactuses what do you mean yeah like he's five foot seven amongst other galactuses oh or are all galactuses just built like rugby players um he's a big boy he does leg day he does arm day he's swole he's swole he eats a lot of protein planets oh yeah and the the things that i love about galactus is one every sort of race interprets Mm. him differently so we see him as a humanoid figure but the brood would see him as a different thing the kotati would see him as a different thing the shiar like every race in the marvel universe sort of perceives him differently so that's just how we see him because we're people exactly there's a great panel Mm. from fantastic four where you see the different aliens and and creatures how they see galactus what they see that entity is because he's he is something sort of of a higher plane right and then he do dogs see him as a giant dog (laughs) Probably, or it may not necessarily be like the same thing as them. It could be something that they perceive as like a threat or scary. Mm. You know, it could be any number of things, right? Right. But also Galactus can grow and shrink based on like his power. And so he he actually isn't just one size. He can get really, really super big or like kind of like, you know, maybe he can be five foot seven when he's really mm. like, oh, I'm so hungry. Now I feel like if I were to see Galactus, I would just see him as my own mistakes. Wow. But now that we have had this wonderful Galactus detour, let's jump on over to Hot Toys. Marvel fans at the con got a first look at some incredible new statues from Hot Toys. If you're not familiar with Hot Toys, they make some of the best uh, posable figures out there. The like photo realness of the faces and figures are just like unbelievable. They got a first look at Hawkeye alongside Kate Bishop, Moon Knight, Thena, and Gilgamesh, and they have a huge vulture figure. Definitely go and check out all of their stuff. Sideshow um, Collectibles had all the, the Hot Toy stuff at Comic-Con, and it just looks so good. And there was also stuff from our pals at Mondo. They had you know vinyl and posters and, and a really cool Man-Thing toy, and there was a whole bunch of other stuff. We're going to talk about some more toys in a little while, but we want to talk about some more of the comics and other news that dropped during Comic-Con that we didn't actually cover in our bonus episode episode including marvel's moon girl and devil dinosaur for the animated series coming up we got some new guest cast members revealed the guest cast list that they shared this past weekend was so good allison brie andy cohen david diggs maya hawk jennifer hudson method man colby smolders wesley snipes you can check out the full list on marvel.com i come on it's gonna be so good there's also a new first look clip and some exclusive artwork that you can check out on the site and reminder marvel's moon girl and double dinosaur is coming 2023 to disney channel yeah also some congratulations are in order to some eisner award winners these are the oscars of comic books if you're not aware every year the eisner awards recognizes the finest comic books distributed in the united states they um held a ceremony at san diego comic-con as they generally do each year and awards included a marvel project and two marvel artists jen bartell for the women's history month art variant cover program which i still have a lot of her covers as like my icons in random places. Yeah. They are beautiful. It's all of our heroines wearing like amazing fashion. The She-Hulk suit one in particular, mwah, chef's kiss. Also shout out to Matthew Wilson who won best coloring including titles 
Eternals, Thor, and Wolverine, and Toshin's incredible, amazing Marvel Comics Library, Spider-Man Volume 1, 1962 to 1964, which is a reproduction of Spider-Man's first 21 stories in a very extra large, beautiful premium format, took home the award for best publication design, much deserved to all three. Congrats. That's so nice. Marvel Senior Vice President Executive Editor Tom Brevoort talked about that Toshin release for Amazing Spider-Man stuff on his newsletter and saying that this is now his preferred way to revisit those incredible stories. And I, I agree with him. It's a huge format. It's like one of those things you put down on the floor and you just you sit down there and you enjoy it because it's like the closest reproduction we will ever get to these original issues and the original art in, in new ways. It's so good. Uh, I have the Avengers one as well. These are terrific. Mm-hmm. If you've got the cash for it, Go buy it. Support these amazing collections. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Spider-Man, we announced this past week that Spider-Man The Lost Hunt is coming from writer J.M. Demetrius and artist Eder Macias. They'll kind of like peel back the layers of Sergei Kravinov to reveal how he became Kraven the Hunter in this series. It's going to release starting in November. It's a five-issue limited series just talking about Kraven's origins, his secrets, and answering some cool mysteries that Spidey fans have been thinking about for many, many years of course jm is the writer of craven's last hunt so you know he told the last really crucial story this is a wonderful way to him to revisit the character he did so much for also announced dr strange fall sunrise written and drawn by trad moore it's going to kick off with a four issue miniseries starring everybody's favorite good doctor and the debut issue is going to send dr strange to a strange new world where he's going to have to fight to survive even as he unearths its mystical secrets. It's going to release in November with its first issue. And while you're at it, go read Silver Surfer Black by Tradmore and get hyped. Silver Surfer Black is really fun. If you haven't seen the art for this, it looks so good. Doctor Strange with this like long hair. It's got Trad's colors and art is so beautiful. I'm going to talk about this a ton more. I love, love, love everything Trad touches. All right, one more comic thing that was shared during Comic-Con that we want to touch on is the Test Kitchen Infinity comic, because Marvel Comics is expanding into the culinary arts. I don't know why I said it so creepy. The culinary <laughs> arts. I think everybody likes culinary arts. Everybody oh, eats, so Ryan. spooky. Okay. <laughs> uh, with Test Kitchen, it's a brand new Infinity comic from Chef Paul Eschbach and artist EJ Sue. And Test Kitchen will follow a new character named Anna Amayama, who is a high-end chef who decides to take a shot at running her own food truck. But when Iron Man crash lands on it by accident, she gets offered the chance of a lifetime, a position at Stark Enterprises. This one's going to be pretty cool because it contains both stories and recipes, and it launches Monday, August 8th on Marvel Unlimited. It was really interesting just thinking about we're actually doing more food stuff Mm. widely as a brand from Eat the Universe to like if you go to Avengers Campus at various Disney parks, you can try the different foods, some really cool stuff there. And so this is a way to create a character and some storytelling with food in mind. I think this is really smart. I'm very excited for this. Yeah. And look out for it August 8th on Marvel Unlimited. It is an Infinity comic. And if you're not reading the Infinity comics that are exclusive to Marvel Unlimited, what are you doing with your life? Why are you withholding joy from your life? That is the question. All right, moving on. We also have some other toys, not from Comic-Con, but still fresh off the presses. We have some Marvel Studios selects that their brand new wave is all black light Funko Pops. And they have some great folks. Shuri, Gamora, Nebula, Wasp, Valkyrie, and Rescue are vinyl bobblehead pops. They have t-shirts and pins and glasses and socks and a backpack. They're super duper cute. Blacklight not included. You must provide your own. They are available exclusively at Target and Funko for pre-order. So if you want one, go and get them. You can see all the photos of them on marvel.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about Marvel's Wastelanders Wolverine because we've got episode eight this week. The Other Side is the name of the episode is now available to subscribers to Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts and the SiriusXM app. In this episode, Logan and Rachel go back to V-Day using Cerebro where Logan discovers a terrible truth. Let's hear a little trailer for this episode. Welcome to Cerebro 2.0. Pity, how high is that thing cranked up? You said you wanted to time travel, Logan. This is how the sausage gets made. 
Are you ready for a little more? Yo, baby mustache. My name is Kevin. Whoa. What did I just write on? Rachel, it worked. It did. Oh, so we'll this is when you get your adamantium skeleton. You don't really want to watch this, do you? Logan, why are you in this memory? It's just Professor X in here. He must have put it in my head. Why? Something he wanted me to see. Didn't I? Skull, I'm just supposed to watch this? Watch the man who was like a father to me get murdered? <sighs> All right, you can listen to more because episodes of Marvel's Wastelanders Wolverine are available exclusively on the SiriusXM app and Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. They will be widely available one week later on Pandora, Stitcher, and all major podcast platforms in the U.S. You can also unlock exclusive bonus content by subscribing to Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. Learn more at marvel.com slash wastelanders. Yeah, do it. All right, Ryan, mm. you do another podcast. I Without do. me, I'm bitter about it. Yes. I'm very angry, but I'm also happy for you. Terrific. But for realsies, what's going on on Marvel's pull list this week? So our picks of the week were Amazing Spider-Man number six, which is AKA Amazing Spider-Man Legacy number 900. And it is... It's like 80 pages of comics. It's huge. It's so good. It's got a 70-page main story of Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six and some other characters. It's real, real good. Please check that out. We also picked Iron Cat number two, which is a blast. And the first issue of Ant-Man, which is also super good. We have a chat with writer Al Ewing that we're going to be releasing in the next couple of weeks here on This Week in Marvel. So good. And then for our reading club, where we dive into a classic story on Marvel Unlimited with a guest, we had Miroa Ayodole and Doton Akande, who talk about the great comic book series International Iron Man by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malev. Miroa and Doton are two up-and-coming Nigerian creators who had a great story in Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood. So good, where I finished the story and I was like, who are these folks? Let's get them on the show. And we did. It was really great coordinating and talking to them while they're in Nigeria and we're over here. It was terrific. They're wonderful. And they also have an upcoming Avengers Unlimited Infinity comic coming out. These are two creators. You got to watch. They're going to be, I think they're going to be big. All right. We're not done yet because as promised, we have Bruce Campbell who plays Pizza Papa in Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which of course is now available on digital HD and Blu-ray, which you should all go out and get because also, fun fact, Bruce Campbell has some fun little deleted scenes that you can really only check out if you got those things. So go do it. But also we get to talk a lot about his long relationship with director Sam Raimi from their very beginning, his extremely crucial cameos within the Marvel universe of films. And of course, we chatted about San Diego Comic-Con and lots more. It was just the best. Lorraine, it's time to welcome one of the goats, the greatest of all time, greatest at what? Pretty much everything, Bruce Campbell. Welcome, Bruce, to the show. That's a big intro, man. Hey. You should <laughs> dial that down a little bit. I can't hold up to that. Bruce Campbell, a pretty good guy at some things. Hey, okay, now you're getting, you're getting warm. <laughs> We're so thrilled to have you on and get to talk to you. What's your Marvel origin story? What's the first way you encountered the Marvel Universe and its characters? First Spider-Man movie. My buddy Sam Raimi directed it, so he can't really make movies without me sort of being the linchpin of his movies. So he gave me a pivotal role in that, where basically I named Spider-Man. People don't really realize that. If I wasn't in the movie, this billion-dollar franchise would be called The Human Spider. <laughs> so I'm just saying is all. So that was my intro, whenever that movie was made 20 years ago. What about as a, you know, like, were you a fan of the comics? Did you read the comics as a kid? Did you grow up knowing who Spidey was? I was raised not to lie. So, no, I did not read any Marvel comics. I read Sad Sack. It was a, a goofy World War II guy who was always down on his luck peeling potatoes. But he would always save the day. He saved, like, D-Day. He saved basically everything. And so um, that was my bag. Sam Raimi actually read Spider-Man. And so it was really perfect for him to do that. That was his bag. I just fell into a different kind of world. Mm, it's good comics. Now, you've mentioned Sam Raimi a couple times. Um, obviously, you guys have known each other, worked together quite a lot. Um, when and where did you first meet? Probably about eighth grade. He was sitting on the floor in our junior high school 
dressed like Sherlock Holmes playing with dolls. And I really, specific, it was such a striking image. I went, I got to walk like way around this guy. This guy's a freak show. Now he claims later after he heard I had made this statement, claims he was making a little movie. And, I, and I'm like, no, there was no camera anywhere. Sam just liked to dress up as Sherlock Holmes, you know. He was a real major oddball. And then later, when we got to high school, I was in typing class. And I was like, okay, why did I end up with typing class? This is the worst class ever. Went to the counselor. I said, can I drop this class? I didn't even know if I could. And the woman goes, yeah, sure. What do you want? I'm like, I don't know, something that's better than typing. And so she went down this list and hit radio speech. I was like, give me that. It's like radio, turntables, DJs, you know, the whole bit. Because our high school had a little production studio that you could do the morning announcements from, stuff like that. So Sam was in that class. That's how I got to know he was really crazy, not sort of crazy. <laughs> so what's the first thing that he rolled cameras on with you? Was it a little thing in the backyard or, or what was it? He had a rich friend who had a one-inch videotape machine. It was a reel-to-reel videotape machine. It was black and white, but it was the most highly... It was so technologically advanced. It was We found it kind of cumbersome to use, mostly with Super 8. Sam was doing the Super 8 millimeter stuff with his family, and then I was doing some regular millimeter stuff in my little neighborhood. And then another guy, Scott Spiegel, was doing stuff in his neighborhood. So eventually, we sort of met each other between junior high and high school, and then we slowly teamed up to pretty much every weekend. We were shooting something. I would like to go back in a time machine and watch all of those films. <laughs> They're out there. There's a few bootlegs out there, but I think we did probably about 50 of them. We did. They were all, all mostly comedy. It was like Jackass with a plot. Uh, we did lots <laughs> of dumb stunts, really some dangerous stuff, stupid stuff, but it was all great training. It was really fun. I mean, we were making these stupid movies on weekends. I wasn't partying. We'd go to a party and film it and use it as some plot. And then we would show it at the school. So they were our first test audience. I love that you mentioned comedy. I feel like, you know, obviously we've seen you do so many films that are in the horror genre, but there's always like these really great elements of comedy. Yeah. When did you sort of realize you had a knack for that? And, and especially the physicality that we get to know and love in Pizza Papa. Honestly, all of my heroes were the old slapstick. It was Buster Keaton, who was probably the most physically gifted, basically athlete performer will probably ever see the that he did was completely over the top guys like chaplin were incredibly inventive i didn't really laugh at him laurel and hardy were you know what after school they showed all of these black and white shorts the three stooges was basically it was either three thirty or four o'clock on channel 50 the three stooges would show for about an hour and so we over the years we got to see every short that they made they did 200 of these things and it was just our brand of humor where pain is funny. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was the entire premise of the Three Stooges. Pain is funny. So that stuff just really sticks with you. And then I, you know, I like the old time geezer, you know, guys like Bob Hope, who most people just know him as a guy incredibly old who's looking at cue cards. He had a whole, whole career before that doing all kinds of entertainment. And, you know, I think that a lot of performers in the old days kind of had to do everything. You had to ride a horse. You had to be able to tell jokes. You had to be able to sing. You had to be able to dance. So I think as an actor, it's good to round yourself out as much as you can. So most I've done mostly horror, but I don't like grim horror. I never have. Yeah. After watching Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I went back to rewatch the uh, the Evil Dead's and Army of Darkness. Yeah. Um, just because you know I've watched them a million times, and it was it felt like coming home. And watching them now as as a little bit older and just marveling at everything you do in those films and how it's so much fun it is like there are horrifying things in there but at the same time you are doing like dancing and singing at times you're making jokes you're doing <laughs> wild stuff it's a friggin' blast I'm, I'm so glad you know sam and i sort of boiled down to this relationship if i could make only him laugh he's looking at his monitor if after a take if i can get him to laugh that's the take that we're going to use even if it's Saw it, cutting off your hand with a chainsaw. He'll still be over there laughing because he's he just wants to be entertained in any way possible. And, you know, I would do a take and he'd come over. He goes, you know, Bruce, that was good. That was good for somebody else's movie. <laughs> or he'd come over and he'd go, you know, Bruce, that was good. 
really good if this was a mini series. <laughs> and I knew exactly what he meant. But he loves to hurl insults, you know, as part of directing. And it's so funny. Toby Maguire, you know, the first Spider-Man, Toby was like, oh, yeah, that's Sam's high school buddy. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Hi, Bruce. How are you? And then the second, second time, he's like, why are you back? I'm like, shut up. What do you, what do you care, man? Get out of my face. You need me. And so by the third movie, I, I walk onto the set. He goes, oh, I get it. I guess we just can't make a Spider-Man movie without Bruce Campbell. I went, you're starting to get with the program, dude. But he, but he admitted to me, he goes, God, the other day, Sam was so mean to me. I went, he's starting to like you. That's good news. <laughs> That speaks to my heart on a deep level because I do believe roasting is love. Um, (laughs) Now, you mentioned that you have been in all of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. And also, I don't think ever as the same character. But I want to see if you could set the record straight. Are there infinite Bruce Campbells out there? Are those doppelgangers that all just happen to look alike? Or like multiversal yous? Well, if he's in any universe... That means he's in the multiverse. So there are an infinite number of pizza papas <laughs> out there. Some of them are heroic. Some of them are, you know, idiots. We got kind of the idiot version in this one, the short-tempered pizza ball guy. So I don't know. Yeah, he, he's out there. So Bruce, I, you know, Lorraine and I have been at Marvel a long time. I've, I've appeared in our comics and in our games. I was a, a puppet in one of our animated series, <laughs> but I just had my first cameo in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I was an AvengerCon announcer in Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel, and I was right there. I, I was thinking about you. I was right there at the pivotal moment where Kamala Khan's powers first manifested. I was on the stage, and, and I felt like if I wasn't there things would have gone very differently. So as I embark on my campaign for further cameo appearances, do you have any advice, any wisdom for me? Just make sure it's pivotal because in Spider-Man 2, now that I've named the character in Spider-Man 2, I'm the snooty usher and I don't let Peter Parker in because he's late and it'll spoil the illusion. I am technically the only character who's ever defeated (laughs) Spider-Man. And I'll go to the mat with that, Jack. I like that. Spider-Man 3, I'm the snooty, the the, the Mater D, French Mater D, and Spider-Man comes to me for help to marry Mary Jane. Superheroes do not go to mortals for help. Let me just say that. Zero times do they go to mortals for help. This guy came to me to help him. And did I help him? Not really, because he was kind of a <laughs> to me in the other movies, you know, so. And on it goes. If you're going to have these small roles, they got to be legacy building. That's good advice. Right? Yes. Agreed. So when Pizza Papa popped up and and you had the opportunity to work with Sam again, what was it like to be back together again on another Marvel set, you know, 20 years later? Well, first of all, the entire crew was always stunned that I talked back to Sam because, you know, in the last 20 years, Sam went from being, you know, my buddy, filmmaker buddy to being a big Hollywood director. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but people kiss big directors' asses. This is just what they do. And so I, I walk onto the set, and everyone's tiptoeing around Sam. And I'm like, hey, bud, what's going on? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, shut up. You're going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see if I feel like doing it. The crew like goes, who is this guy? Because half of them have no idea who I am. You know, I don't look like Ash anymore. It's not. I'm not that guy. You know, and so... It's always fun to see their reaction to me talking back to a big Hollywood director. It gives me great pleasure. And he also, he ramps it up too. And I think they're stunned a little bit of how rude he is to this particular actor. Because I don't think he does that to Benny. Sorry, that's the pet name for Benedict Cumberbatch, of course. I'm glad you're that close. I call him the Benzer. (laughs) Benzer. He's actually, he's a really sweet guy. It was fun to work with him. How much did you go into the uh, the mindset of the pizza papa? Did you do, do much uh, yeah, nice pizza try. making before you got into it? I know. Nice try. Look, none of it really matters because when you walk, in my experience with Sam, when you walk onto the set, half of the, what you planned, he's not going to use. He's going to do other stuff and he's going to throw in a bunch of crap while the camera's rolling. You know, he's the only guy who will, I know that will throw out a, a brand new paragraph to you to say while the camera's rolling. <laughs> So a third of the footage from Army of Darkness is me listening to him going, okay, you say this now, spin a shin, blah, 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 
and I'm listening and listening, and then I have to go, okay, give me a second, give me a second. And they're like, uh, 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 and then I'll say it. That's half of the footage from that movie. So that's the joy of working with Sam. There's a lot of directors and writers who are what I call nervous Nellies. And, uh, oh, don't change the script. Oh, no, no, this is the shot that I want. No, 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 I always had this in my head. Oh, no, 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 stand here, stand there. No, no, look out this window. And Sam throws it all out the window. He's meticulous in his prep. But when you get to shooting, he's like, okay, got all the toys here. What are we going to do with all these toys? I like creative types who remain creative. They don't try and lock it in. That must have been very expensive on Army of Darkness, <laughs> but I think with with the, the digital filmmaking, probably a little bit easier these days. Yes, it was expensive. Speaking of which, obviously, the possessed hand moment for us fanboys and girls, we got a little too happy about it. It's a great moment. What was your reaction when you were handed this scene? Pun intended. I apologize. And did you? how much like do you choreograph a fight with yourself? Do you do that by yourself? Does someone choreograph the fight with you? Well, I think Sam knew what he, he wanted. Mm -hmm. he, you know, he basically is like, okay, you're going to break some plates over your head. And then the thing's going to bash your head on the counter a couple of times. And then he and I used to do a, uh, a skit called the Bonzoid Sisters. We dressed up in long underwear at like talent shows that are local junior players. And we would do bad acrobatics and then be all celebrating like it was amazing. And so, and we, we would just, we'd throw ourselves all over the stage. Our elbows and knees were completely we're so stupid. No pads, no nothing. So Sam knew that. So he goes, all right, then the thing's going to grab you by the, your hand will grab you by the back of your neck and then it'll flip you. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, I mean, we just, we, we knew, we knew the stuff that he and I could both do at that time. And, you know, I was younger and more supple. So that's how we worked our way through that. And then eventually the goal of the hand was to drag the body over to where the knife is to then, you know, kill him. So that, that was the progression of it. And then we just figured out how to do it. But a lot of that stuff, you just do a couple of takes just to see what, what you got going. And then you can tweak it. Did you, you know, you mentioned a lot of the classic performers and comedians that inspired you guys when you were younger. Did you have any of their specific bits in mind? When, when he starts talking, does it like ring a bell of a memory of like, oh, I remember watching this when they did this? Or is it just like, that's just all part of who you are? I think it's all just imprinted in our DNA from watching so much of the old stuff when we were young. It's weird. I'm so grateful for television because before TV, when a movie was no longer in a theater, you never saw it. And so thank God all these old movies and TV shows were sold to TV because it's the only way most of us would have ever seen it. It's what saved the Three Stooges. Well, I certainly love that scene. And I feel very bad for Pizza Papa, the fact that he has to punch himself for three weeks straight without a break. <laughs> and I do appreciate the cut scene in which you want your revenge. Do you think Pizza Papa could battle Thanos for next MCU villain? <laughs> Yeah, because you don't, no one knows what his powers are. He may have been sent as a spy to see what Doctor Strange was up to and then report back on it. He may be in complete and utter disguise as a pizza guy. He's just an average street vendor. I mean, but that guy, you don't know what his powers are. They could be un, unrelenting. This could be his origin story. <laughs> well, I like that. some beginnings are humble. <laughs> You also got to host the Marvel Studios Assembled making of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse yeah. of Madness special, which was cool. Is this just your you know 12 point plan to completely take over the Marvel Universe? And if so, please, <laughs> thank you. We appreciate it. Honestly, that was a thing where I have no idea why they called. They go, they call up, they go, do you want to host this thing? And I was like, what? Why would I do it? Like, wouldn't wouldn't Benny do it? But I guess maybe maybe the Benster turned him down. I don't know. Uh, but you know what? It was nice because I did a callback to the, the jobs I used to do that got my Screen Actors Guild card was doing industrials and training films. And you do a lot of that to teleprompters. And so you got used to the sort of the walk and talk, walk up to your mark, certain gestures at certain times. So we shot it in you know, just a few hours. It didn't take us long to do it. But I felt it was a weird flashback to my early days in Detroit of doing a, a training film. So it was very exciting to do, obviously. I love it. Full circle. That's right. And now you're at Comic-Con at the time we're recording. What is it like to go back to conventions? Are you excited? I know you have a signing at the Marvel booth. You know, I didn't think I was going to miss all these idiots. 
And I say that, and I'm including the actors in that insult. You know, those are my green room buddies. What's really cool about being an actor in a green room is a green room, which in this case is pipe and drape, they call it. You know, you're just walled off behind some drapes in a corner. But there's Shatner or whoever, and you were allowed to approach because it's a neutral territory. And I'm like, screw it. I'm going to fanboy out. But you got to get the right approach to each of these individuals. You can't hit them where they live. Like, no way, Shatner, I was going to go Star Trek. Those words were not even going to come out of my mouth. I got him with TJ Hooker because I complimented him on his what I call the Shatner power slide. Because he would come into the crime scenes and the car would come screeching in and he would leap out of the car without cutting. And I mentioned that to him. I said, hey, how'd you perfect the Shatner power slide? His eyes lit up because no one had ever asked him that before. So anyway, it's great to come back to see what I consider kind of just my cohorts in crime, you know, my, my fellow craftsmen. And you see each convention is different and with different guests, like Richard Dreyfus was at one in, in Las Vegas recently. And I thought, well, the only way I would have ever met Richard Dreyfus would be at one of these conventions. And so it's kind of cool who shows up now. It's a lot of contemporary actors now, too. You know, all the Walking Dead people are, you know, Norman Reedus, dreamy Norman Reedus. <laughs> he, he's like he's like Elvis at these things. Shows up with his sunglasses on. I think he woke up like two minutes before that. And people walk up to his table and burst into tears. I'm like... It's awesome. But it I missed the convention scene for those two years. I mean, that was a bad shutdown. That was uh that was harsh. Yeah. We missed it too. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Of course, everyone go watch Bruce Campbell as Pizza Papa in Marvel Studios Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, now available on digital and Blu-ray. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. Thank you very much. Big thanks to the GOAT, Bruce Campbell. He's so humble. He didn't even want me calling him like the greatest of all time, even though he is. Listen, we know it in our hearts. Mm -hmm, we sure do. Of course, you can see Bruce Campbell as Pizza Papa in Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, now available to own on Blu-ray and digital. It's got some great, great bonus features as well. As we mentioned earlier, check out a video interview that Bruce Campbell did with our own pal Langston Belton on Marvel.com over at San Diego Comic-Con, and go to Disney Plus and check out Marvel Studios Assemble the Making of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, in which Bruce Campbell hosts it because, as we said, he's the GOAT. All right, and speaking of the GOATs, let's talk about some of our greatest of all times MCU cameos. Who is your favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe cameo? It's so fun because obviously Bruce Campbell is an amazing one. Ryan in Marvel Studios, Ms. Marvel is fine. Um, but also... I love it. It's great. We'll be talking about maybe another cameo in Marvel Studios, Ms. Marvel in the near future. I don't know. We'll talk about it. But some of my favorites are Kelly Sue DeConnick in yes. Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel. Yes. Of course, she was the writer who wrote the first Captain Marvel Carol Danvers comic. You know, I love a lot of our our creators when they get their cameo moments. <laughs> One of the ones that brings me true, true joy is Dan Slott. I talked to him right after he watched Spider-Man Far From Home, and there's a street that says Slotto. Oh. And he was like, it's me. They put my name in the movie. But did you <laughs> notice in Spider-Man No Way Home that there is... Uh, building material inside one of the rooms and it is slot. <gasps> mm -hmm. See, love it. Just yeah. love it. Like that stuff makes me so happy. I love all the little cameos and sort of Easter egg moments that happen. Yeah, Brew Baker in Marvel Studios, Captain America the Winter Soldier. You've, of course, got Ralph Macchio and Walt Simonson in Marvel Studios' Thor. You have... Um, oh, I forgot about that one. J. Michael Straczynski in Marvel Studios' Thor. He's the truck driver trying to pull the hammer out of the crater. What? Yeah, there's that. I did not uh, know that. Uh, of course, Stanley is... You, know, uh, you can uh, talk about obviously. Stanley left, right, and center, and, and all the things. So that's truly great. There's like the in-universe character cameos that always make us go crazy. Like when we saw Matt Murdock 
in Spider-Man No Way Home. There's just a ton of them. And of course, my favorite being myself in Marvel Studios, um, is Marvel, which is uh, Anyways, the you greatest. can tweet us your answers using the hashtag <laughs> This Week in Marvel. You can email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com or you could send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. And of course, please make sure to tell us if it's okay to read on the show. Um, oh, oh, please more. roast Ryan. Roast Ryan. No, uh, the best one from Marvel Studios, Ms. Marvel, G. Willow Wilson has her <gasps> yeah. cameo in episode six, which made me really happy. And of course, G. Willow Wilson being the iconic writer of the first Ms. Yes. Marvel comic book series. Love that. Can't wait to hear all your answers. You know what to do. But for now, the question of the week. Last week was which announcement from San Diego Comic-Con are you most excited about? So let's ding ding do it. Yeah, Latoya Worthy at Lady Toya. Hey, Latoya. Love her. She's great. Uh, she says, let's be honest. Can you literally just pick one? The entire lineup was amazing. No. Marvel never disappoints. I'm so excited for what's to come. Hashtag thank you, Marvel. Yeah. Next up, we've got Daniel at Danny DiDio, who said everything from Marvel Studios and can't wait to read the new Strange Academy finals. Curious about Hickman plus Skeety. And of course, is talking about that little tease. We talk about it more in the bonus. A very mysterious tease for what is to come for Jonathan Hickman and Valeria Skeety. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got our pal Karis Pollard at a Karis Pollard who says, being in the UK, I woke up Sunday morning and I got all of the news at once. The thing that stuck out that I woke up my wife saying was Cosmo, the best boy. On reflection, still excited by Cosmo, but the Marvel Studios Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer was so, so special. Mm-hmm. SC Speed at SC underscore Speed tweets, so excited for Marvel Studios Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I had no idea it was coming this year. I think we might need tissues for this one. That to me is great that you didn't even know it was coming and then you get all of this, all of this excitement, all of this joy, all of this sadness, all of these emotions. Man, can't wait for November. Next up, Monica Doki Salvato at Hopebound Lulu said, Marvel Studios, Black Panther, Wakanda forever. I know you'll honor Chadwick's legacy. Hmm. Daniel Simmons at Simmons1 underscore Daniel tweeted, For me, Marvel Studios She-Hulk attorney at law looks amazing and fun. Love the cameos, especially with Wong and Daredevil. Love breaking of the fourth wall. Also, great to see my favorite character She-Hulk getting the live action treatment in the MCU, which she deserves. Yeah! Shulky, Shulky, I love her the most. All right, next up we got Brett at Lobster Knocker, who said Nightcrawler and Sunspot in Marvel Studios X-Men 97. Kurt is my favorite mutant and just a fun addition, and the inclusion of Roberto diversifies the team with a young man of color and a new youth voice. I'm ready for him and Jubilee to become BFFs. Does a mall babe eat chili fries? <laughs> also, Lobster Knocker is a terrific Twitter name. Well uh, done, Brett. Excellent. Well done. At Jarell Zod tweets, the things that had me excited were Hall H, Marvel Studios Black Panther Wakanda Forever presentation, the first look at Marvel Studios X-Men 97 animated series, and the obviously all the Black Panther merchandise. Also, the announcement of the next two MCU phases, five and six. I know, that was the shocking part. Oh my gosh. The sequence of numbers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I had no idea five would be after four. Um... <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Debbie Schechter at Lowhud underscore Debbie said, Marvel Studios, Daredevil Born Again, The Marvels, Fantastic Four, and the two Avengers films. Yeah, solid list. And like, how about that Daredevil reveal? Oof, oof, oof. 18 episodes, baby. I can't. I need it right now. Put it in my face. All right. Devin Coulson at Devin Coulson tweets, the official Marvel Studios Fantastic Four film release date. As a huge Fantastic Four fan, I'm dying to know who will be playing Marvel's first family in the MCU. Devin, please don't die. You'll get the news in time. It's going to be exciting. Next up, we got Hannah at underscore Hannah 13, who said, I'm really excited about Marvel Studios, The Marvels, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and Echo. Yeah, it was really exciting to see how much they shared of Marvel Studios, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Like, again, listen to the last episode, our bonus episode, if you want to hear more about that, because so good. Yeah. Daniel Byrne at Merman underscore Daniel tweeted, Marvel Studios' Agatha Coven of Chaos is going to become my entire personality and I will not apologize for it. To be expected, as it should be. Well done. Hazel Locke at Leland underscore Diary said, 
I'm really excited about Marvel Studios' Daredevil Born again! I have been wanting him to come back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe forever, let alone the same actor! I'm so excited for the upcoming phase, and I thank Marvel for being my childhood. Aww. All the little children who love watching the Marvel's Daredevil series and seeing Kingpin do what he does to nope, that person's nope. head. I, I would not recommend that the kids <sighs> are watching the Daredevil series, even if it is on Disney+. Plus. Childhood. All right, we got an email from JC who says, Hi, Rain and Lorraine, big fan of the show and of you guys. There was so much cool stuff announced, but I'm most excited for the multiverse saga and all the films and shows coming out from Marvel Studios. I'm also super excited for the dark web crossover story between Spider-Man and the X-Men, as I've never really seen them team up before, so that'll be cool. Thanks again for being awesome. Oh, thanks for you being awesome. Yeah, um, JC, there's a really great two-parter that happened in the early 90s between X-Force and Spider-Man. Right before Rob Liefeld and Todd McFarlane left Marvel, they did a really cool two-issue story where the X-Force team and Spider-Man teamed up and, and they fought Juggernaut, and it was really, really great. Go check those out. Oh, and Wolverine was in some Spider-Man comics in that Spider-Man run. Lots of great stuff for you to go find as you get excited for Dark Web. All right, next up, we got an email from Simon Williams who said... I just got home from my first San Diego Comic-Con and I wanted to talk about it a little, at least in regards to Marvel. I did go to the This Week in Marvel Spider-Man panel. Nick Lowe is a good host, but he's no Ryan or Lorraine. We love our Nick Lowe. We are so thankful to him. Um, yes. And, and we appreciate the love as well. Yeah. I wanted to go to the Hall H panel, but apparently you have to camp out a day or two in advance for that. I didn't want to spend my first Comic-Con doing that. The thing I'm most excited about that was announced this weekend is Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I'm so excited about the Moon Girl comics that were announced and Marvel Studios' Captain America New World Order. I'm interested to know more about this new comic that Jonathan Hickman is writing, also who's going to be taking over the Fantastic Four comic. And I have a lot more to say, but don't want this email to get too long, so I'll close by saying Marvel is just hitting it out of the park in regards to movies and comics. I hope the next time I go to San Diego Comic-Con, the whole This Week in Marvel crew will be there. Thank you so much. Yeah, you definitely do have to camp out way in advance for Hall H. It is just the nature of the beast. But I, I fully support you in just like going and seeing the sights your first San Diego. Yeah, take it in, take it easy, enjoy what you can. Bummed that we didn't get to see you there, Simon. Yeah. But uh, hopefully next time for sure. All right, that is it for us. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. Hi, Brad. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Hi, Jill. And special thanks to Pizza Papa. He's the Pizza Papa. You Papa Pizza or he Papa you. It's the Pizza Papa. <laughs> There's probably a universe in which Pizza Papa leads the Avengers, right? <gasps> Think about that. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. And this is Marvel. Your universe. Pizza Papa, assemble. And it's a legion of pizza. Into the pizza verse? Into the pizza verse. <laughs>